Today on Living in the Word with Dr. Gary Yates. How do we get the law written on our hearts in the way that Jeremiah 31 says we will? Well, the answer is what we read in Ezekiel 36. The Holy Spirit, God himself, comes to live in us. And it's the Spirit that writes the law, that gives us that desire and to, to obey, to believe God's Word, and to practice it in our lives. The Spirit is the agent of change. Hi, I'm Gary Yates, pastor of Living Word Baptist Church uh, in Forest, Virginia. Thank you for joining us today. We are actually in uh, our last part of the study on the biblical covenants because now we are turning our focus to the new covenant in these last few sessions. And the new covenant is what takes a story of dismal failure and turns it into a message of hope. Because the new covenant that God will make with Israel will reverse this endless cycle of sin, rebellion, disobedience, and punishment that we've been reading about through the rest of the Old Testament and how these other covenants end in failure. Instead of the covenant curses for disobedience that ultimately lead to exile, uh, Israel will experience the covenant blessings that come from being faithful and obedient to God. There will be a spiritual renewal. Instead of a disobedient and rebellious people, uh, God's people will become faithful and obedient to his covenant commands instead of kings that were the wrong kind of leaders and never lived up to the ideal that God had uh, laid down for them, they will now become the kinds of rulers and kings that are faithful to God and that lead the people in the right direction. The key passage in the, New Te- in the Old Testament that uses the term uh, new covenant, in fact, the only passage in the Old Testament that uses the term new covenant and that shows us what this covenant will be about is Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. So just to start this off, let's, uh, let's begin by reading the passage And then we'll try to unpack some of the key ideas that are here. Um, The prophet says, Behold, verse 31, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took them uh, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And no longer shall each teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. So in this relationship between God and Israel, and God's had these series of covenants with the people of Israel, there are three, there are three specific things that make the new covenant new. And, and the first thing is that in this new arrangement, there will be a more direct and personal knowledge of God uh, for every person in the covenant. It will no longer be as mediated uh, you know, as much through the prophets and the priests, but it will be something that is even more personal, direct, and intimate uh, than how they have known God in the past. And so this is not just knowing about God or having a deeper understanding of theology. This is the kind of personal, relational knowledge of God that ultimately brings transformation and leads to obedience. The most powerful thing that can happen in our lives is to truly know the one, uh, the one true God. So that's, that's one of the things that will make it new. The second thing is the prophet says that the Lord will write his law on the hearts of the people. So this is not a new law 
It's still the law of Moses, but instead of it being written on stone tablets for them to read on the outside, it will be written on the people's hearts and something that is inscribed in their very character. So this promise is a direct reversal of the problem that we read about back in Jeremiah 17.1, because that verse says that, that the problem Israel has had, and the reason they've been unable to obey God, is that their sin is engraved on their hearts with a diamond-pointed pen. And, and so, in other words, sin is etched deeply into their character. That's, that's really the core of who they are. Their hearts are programmed and hardwired for sin. What the prophet is saying is that the Lord will do this work of grace in their lives that will reprogram their hearts so that they will have the desire and the ability to obey God. So God's, God's going to overwrite the sin and replace that with his law being inscribed to the very core of their being. When the Lord changes their desires, their love for him, then they will have both the desire and the capacity to obey. So that's the second major change. And then the third part of this that makes it new is that the Lord promises to forgive and to forget their sins and iniquity. So that last part in verse 34, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So this is a very interesting image because the Lord is omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing, knows everything about the past, everything about the future. But the one thing that the Lord promises to erase from his memory is the sins of his people. And, and when their sins are wiped out, when that record is wiped clean, that's the way that Israel will have uh, a fresh start. Now, throughout this covenant, there had been forgiveness in the Old Covenant through sacrifices, through the Day of Atonement, through people crying out for God's mercy and grace when they had sinned. But what's talked about here is a deeper and fuller experience of that forgiveness than they have ever experienced before. It is not tied as much to sacrifice as what we see in the Mosaic Law. And when they experience this forgiveness, this is what will really bring about that transformation of the heart. Because... God's love and God's mercy will be the thing that motivates them, this incredible grace that's been poured into their lives. That will be what motivates them to love God and then to follow him and to obey him. So for there to be a clean heart, or a clean start, a fresh start between God and Israel, there has to be forgiveness for the past, but there also has to be enablement for, the, for, for obedience in the future. So the enablement begins with heart change. Uh, God writing the law on the hearts. It has to start with something that God does, not something that the people do for themselves, but that God does in the hearts of his people. Now, other prophets and other passages uh, will talk about the heart change that God does in the lives of his people and, and what will happen in this future restoration, but in slightly different ways. Now, notice, remember the image that Jeremiah used. The Lord will write the law on your hearts. He will overwrite the sin and rebellion. He will write something new there, give you new desires, new abilities, new capacities to obey. But if you go all the way back to the beginning of the covenant, Moses had promised in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, uses a, a slightly different image. He says that when the people were in exile, when they repented and came back to God, God would circumcise the hearts of his people. And, and so the idea here is that the Lord would do surgery on their hearts. He would cut away that part of the heart that was rebellious and hard-hearted and resistant so that they would be able to obey him. They would become compliant to his law. 
So we know what it's like for people to have bypass surgery or other types of surgery on their physical hearts. God says at the core of your being, um, your, your will, the center of who you are, God will do spiritual surgery on his people, and that will become the way that they are transformed on the inside so that they can love God and become the people that God wants them to be. So Jeremiah, God will write the law. Uh, Moses, God will circumcise your heart. Two images for the same idea. This is about heart transformation. And then if we go over to the prophet Ezekiel, and we look at Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 and 26, a passage that in many ways is saying exactly the same thing as Jeremiah 31. Ezekiel says God will give his people a new heart. And so here's the, the promise in Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. So the picture here is not just overriding the heart. It's not even just heart surgery. This is a heart uh, replacement, uh, a heart transplant. The old stone heart that was dead and cold and unresponsive to God is being replaced by a fleshly heart that is alive and beating and responsive and sensitive to the leading of God. So this is, uh, this is the heart transformation that will take place. Now, in the past, when God had started the covenant and initiated the covenant with Israel— God had done a great work of salvation when he established the Old Covenant at Mount Sinai. So what is it specifically about this new covenant that would be effective in the way that the Old Covenant was not? I mean, God had done a great work of salvation already. God had already given his people the law. What could God do that was more that would, that, would, that would truly cause Israel to become a faithful, obedient people that loved him and followed him with all their heart. What really has to happen here, and why will the new covenant be more effective? How does the heart change in the new covenant come about? And so, again, I think we've got three things that we have to look at here. Uh, the new covenant would be effective in a way that the old covenant was not. Number one, because first of all, there would be a change in the very makeup of the people of God. Now, if you remember the old covenant that was started at Mount Sinai, that was, that was a covenant that was a national covenant. It was, it was a covenant uh, for the entire people of Israel. And so as, if it's a national covenant and it involves the entire nation, that covenant consists of people that are both believers and unbelievers. Israel as a nation was the people of God, but, but Israel was made up of people who knew the Lord and people that did not, people that were true believers and those that were not. Those that were among the people and truly knew the Lord in a personal way, through personal salvation, who had experienced that salvation by repentance and faith, they, they, had, they had the capacity to know and obey God. But those that had never experienced that personal salvation, they did not know the Lord. And, and so there were, there were people that were in the covenant community, but they were not truly saved. There were Israelites who had experienced the physical salvation of the Exodus, but had never experienced the spiritual salvation of the forgiveness of their sins. There were those who were there at Mount Sinai, and they saw everything. They participated in that. They saw the fire, the smoke, the power, the glory of the Lord on the mountain, but they did not know God, and they did not know the Lord in a personal way. 
So those who knew the Lord by faith and by repentance could love him and could obey him from the heart, but those who did not, who had never experienced that heart change, those were the ones who were stiff-necked and rebellious and unable to obey God. What Jeremiah is promising is that in the new covenant, there will not be that division in the people of God between believer and unbeliever. Everyone who is a part of the new covenant, everyone who belongs to the new covenant will be a saved, regenerated uh, person who truly knows God. And as a result of that, they will have the desire and ability to follow him. Those unbelievers that were part of the old covenant will not be there anymore. Okay, there's a second reason why the new covenant brings a better change. And the second reason is, is that there would be a greater pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the lives of the people when God established uh, this new covenant. Jeremiah 31 says, God will write the law on our hearts, but to understand how that happens, we have to lay this passage in Ezekiel 36, the promise that's there over top of Jeremiah 31. And so here's what Ezekiel says. Ezekiel 36, 27 says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. So, so here's, here's the connection. Like, How do we get the law written on our hearts in the way that Jeremiah 31 says we will? Well, the answer is what we read in Ezekiel 36. The Holy Spirit, God himself, comes to live in us and it's the Spirit that writes the law, that gives us that desire and to, to obey, to believe God's Word, and to practice it in our lives. The Spirit is the agent of change. Now, the Spirit had been at work in the Old Covenant, changing people's hearts, changing people's lives. Um, I believe there was even a form of Spirit indwelling for people in the Old Covenant that truly knew God. But the New Covenant and this time of future restoration and renewal would be a time when the Spirit was at work in an even greater way in the New Covenant. For every individual, for every person, he would come into the life of every person who belonged to God's people. And again, that's how the change comes about. The third reason that the New Covenant would be more effective than the old is that there would be a greater work of salvation and redemption that was at the foundation of this covenant relationship. So Jeremiah 31, 32, this will not be like what took place when God took his, brought his people out of Egypt. And, and that was a, a great act of salvation in and of itself, where God saved his people out of slavery from the power of the Pharaoh, brought them through the Red Sea, delivered them out of bondage so that they could serve the Lord rather than be slaves to the Pharaoh. That's, that's the key story in the entire Old Testament that initiated the Old Covenant. That's what turned Israel into God's covenant people as a nation. But in the new covenant, God provides an even greater act of salvation and redemption because he sends his son Jesus into the world to die for us and to deliver us, not just from some form of physical slavery, but ultimately to deliver us from our slavery and bondage to sin and to Satan. And so that's the greater act of deliverance that we need. That's, that's what God's people need to fully become the people that God wants them to be. Now, every time we observe and celebrate the Lord's Supper, uh, we are reminded that Jesus says this, this is my blood of the new covenant that's being poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. 
That new covenant was not just for the Jews. Through Jesus, the blessings and benefits of the new covenant have become a reality in our lives. We have experienced the heart change that this covenant enables uh, and provides for us to love God and, and, and to, to follow him with all our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have him living in us so that we can live out the new covenant in our lives, our families, our marriages, and our churches. And, and I love this quote from John Golden Gay that reminds us where this power comes from. He says this, After the actual death of Christ, we have new concrete evidence of the length, depth, height, and breadth of the love of God. And through that, the Spirit has more basis on which to overwhelm us with the love of God. And as God overwhelms us with his love and his forgiveness, and as the power of the Spirit comes into our lives, that's what empowers us to love and to obey God in return. The new covenant is the bridge. It takes us from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and it explains to us how Jesus brings fulfillment of all of God's promises and all of God's covenants with Israel. And I think the more we see the wisdom and the power of God's plan of salvation, the more we are able to understand the fullness of all that we have in Jesus through this new covenant.